Hey, happy Sunday. Happy Friendship Day. Welcome to another exciting week with Aid Station X-Rays with Valerie and Chris. Today we are super pumped to talk to you guys about something that unfortunately I think is in everybody's wheelhouse and that's a little bit of a post-race blues. But uh, speaking of race, you, you had a nice little run this morning, eh Chris? Not much, just a walk in the woods. Yeah, just a walk in the woods for what, 40 miles? 30 miles. Okay, okay, nothing. Just a just an average little Sunday for you. A couple of uh, washing machines, as they call it. That's like, like to change it up to, be, to get crazy. I go out, and then I reverse my direction and come back. So, so kind like, of like doing a loop? It's like a loop twice. Only different because it's upside. As Missy Elliott would say, it flip it upside down and reverse it. <laughs> Is your flipping yet? Yeah, that that what she says there. That that's what I do. Okay, I, I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> and and how did that go? Now, I mean, so I'm in Pittsburgh, obviously, and the the weather yesterday was brutal today was not nearly as bad we actually just had a nice little storm run through and it's i'm sitting outside now it's actually pretty nice there's a nice little breeze it's cloudy it's beautiful but what was it like this morning during your run oh man today couldn't have been any more perfect like it was like low 60s probably high 50s whenever i started like just perfect like I, I was almost deba- de- debating, like, long sleeves this morning. Like, it was perfect. Like, the bugs were down. I don't know if it was Rupert or I didn't get bit once in 30 miles. So, either Shit. Rupert. Well, I got bit by B. That's different. He came in a, as, like, a submarine sneak attack kind of thing. <laughs> so, like, Rupert couldn't see him up top. Like. He was doing his job up high. He wasn't patrolling down low. Oh, man. Well, hey, 30 miles, if all you got was a bee sting, I think that's definitely, and the weather was nice. That sounds like a huge success in my book. Oh, it was a win. Like, I don't have any of the ACs on right now. All the windows were open. It is pleasant in New England. Lucky duck. Now, was it nice yesterday, too, or did you guys, have you guys had this, like, brutal, sweltering humidity? Well, no, we had kind of what you had yesterday, but but later in the day, like our storms, your storms that came through like morning or like it would have been Friday, Friday evening, night came through here like Saturday afternoon, evening. So it was like a day off. But once those storms rolled through, man, it it just it killed everything. It killed the humidity. It killed the hu- the temperature, and it's like almost like like a fall day. It was, it's perfect. Perfect. Don't don't say the f word. I, I'm not ready for the f word. I am always ready for the f word. <laughs> No, I just, you know, and it's funny because I'm a summer person through and through and everywhere that we lived when I was growing up was somewhere that had, you know, a lot of heat, a decent bit of humidity. And I just, I would, I would take that any day over snow and ice 
and cold and rain. That's just, I mean, there's definitely a time and a place for that. Don't get me wrong. I love nothing better than curling up on a Sunday afternoon with like a good movie and a big blanket and it's raining outside during the F word. (laughs) But most of the time, like, give me the heat. I'm here for it. But I'm going to tell you what, after yesterday, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. no, (laughs) no, I'm going to take a hard pass. I definitely, I knew I wasn't feeling well. now. Oh, I, I don't want to say that, but man, I, yesterday would probably be the one time that I was tempted to say I, I almost I almost would take it because I'm always really diligent while well, I try to be about drinking a lot of water. Um, I actually made a post about this yesterday about drinking a lot of water to stay hydrated when you're going into a long training session because it's important, obviously, when it's this hot, it's this humid. You know what I mean? Like having that water is critical, but sometimes I forget and I slack on the food. So last week I was like, I'm going to be really good about my meals this week. And I started kind of meal prepping and I had like Justine in the back of my head, like, okay, let's measure this out. Let's do this well. And I did really good with my food. And then I did not do so well with the fluids and man, starting to run at like 1130, 12 o'clock on a sunny day is just oh, that's that's probably that, yeah. Nah. Yeah, that in, in the middle of July, not a good idea. Not a good idea. Really not. I, and as much as North Park has a lot of trees, it doesn't have as much shade as you would think. It really doesn't. There were just some brutal sections that just full on sun. So, yeah, a little after mile five, I had to sit down for a minute. I thought I saw Kutch run past me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was real lightheaded. Found this nice little grandma sitting on a bench. She was knitting or reading or something. And I said, um, can I sit down next to you for a minute? She just looked at me like I was kind of psychotic, dripping in sweat. I just like sat there and put my head my head in my hands for a minute, praying I wasn't dying. <laughs> <laughs> Poor grandma was probably worried she was going to have to call an ambulance or something. But or to the I cops, lived. like, hey, there's this chick next to me. She's uh She's talking crazy. No, funny you mentioned that. So we, uh, myself and Carrie and Candace and Liz last week after Ironman Ohio, we went to Sandusky or to Cedar Point in Sandusky on Monday. And we knew we weren't going to stay all day. We just want to go for a couple hours, ride a couple roller coasters before we head home because we're in, we were right there. We literally, our house was 10 minutes from the park. So why not make the best of the trip, right? Oh, yeah. Well, we went in, we rode a ride or two, and I, again, you know, how, how are you not dehydrated after that? Um, you know, was a little bit just, just, and worn down from the weekend because I was tired, you know. Most of the time you don't get on the bike and just ride 56 miles for fun. So a little, little bit wiped out there, and um, we took a break to eat some of these really amazing potato. They have, like, their own version of Kennywood's potato patch fries. We're sitting down. We have some. I find this little bench in some shaded tree area and I'm laying on the bench, like on my, on my belly. So like my whole body is just laying on the bench, like face down. And I'm talking to the girls that are eating their fries, sitting under a tree with some shade. And probably 10 minutes into this, an EMT comes over (laughs) 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 and he says, "Uh, excuse me, ladies. I just wanted to make sure you're all right. Probably meaning me because I was just laying there dead on the bench. And I popped up. I was like, oh, we're good. We're good, sir. I'm sorry. We all did a, an Iron Man relay yesterday. So we're just a little tired over here. That's like whenever you're, uh, you know, whenever you were younger and in front of your parents and you're trying not to act drunk, but you were uh-huh. drunk. 
<laughs> it was one of those, those situations. Oh, no. Oh. Oh, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, Meanwhile, I'm dying. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, please cart me away. Somebody, please give me an IV. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> Uh, it was it was a good time though. Like I said, it was a short little trip, but that that definitely gave me probably the biggest chuckle of the day was the poor EMT who thought that we needed some assistance over there. <laughs> <laughs> poor guy, poor guy. But no, I mean, speaking of race, so you know, we we've talked about spectating as a sport, and you know, you've seen the race hype, you've been part of race hype, you've paced races, so you know what it's like to be in the middle of them, both as a supporter and as somebody racing, but. Holy man, being a part of the Ironman race was that was it was something else. I'll tell you what, that was um, it was really inspiring to see so many people from so many different walks of life. Because I know that, especially in the running community, we see anybody, any shape, any size, any color, any background, anything and everything flies in the running community. As long as you know, for, forward is a pace, right? But I guess. Sometimes you think about triathlons and, and, and maybe it's just a prejudgment on my part, but I think like, oh man, these are all going to be like professional athlete type people. And it's, you know, it was still people like me and you out there grinding away. There's still 65 year old, 70 year old grandmas and grandpas out there, like high five their grandkids. Like it was really, really a cool atmosphere. You but see I'm- that everywhere, like every, it seems like every bad water, there comes like a, a feel-good story out of the bad water. Like two years ago, it was, I'm going to get his, his age wrong, but he was in his 70s. Like he was an older dude, like crawling up Mount Whitney, crawling. He was, the man was on his hands and knees crawling up to the finish line like he missed the window they let him finish anyway and and just amazing stories that you'll never hear anywhere else and this year it was like the blind the blind veteran that had his pacer and he had cues where he'd he'd know whether to speed up or slow down like like these stories are unbelievable and they're just they're just regular people. And it, it just, I feel like that's just what makes you feel. I mean, I don't want to say I didn't train to ride to do that bike. I didn't really train. Like, I like to ride bikes. I ride bikes with a lot of people who do triathlon training, but I personally don't do triathlon training. I do run training. So, any bike rides that I get in with everybody is just an additive for me, for myself, because it's something that I would eventually like to do, right? The longest bike ride I had before Sunday was, uh, I think I did that, that 40 mile donut bike ride, <laughs> but I mean, realistically, like, yeah, that was a 40 mile bike ride, but we stopped and ate donuts. We did trivia questions. We played on a playground. Like we had a great time that day, which is a little bit different than being in a race where you have to be more cognizant of, okay, I have a time window. I have to finish in a certain period of time or I'm getting scooped off this course. And then it wasn't just me because I'm thinking to myself, well, I've got to pass my timing chip off. So I've got right. to give her enough time that she's not stressing out on the run, you know? It, it, so it's, there's just, there's a lot of revolving pieces in it. But I think this, the, one of the funniest thing was, I didn't know you couldn't have your phone on the course. 
And you know me, I love taking pictures. I love having the videos and right, that's you. That's oh my you. gosh, you're not allowed to have your phone. You're not allowed to have your phone. Why? I would love, I would love to know why. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, they don't want to have people like me just randomly stopping in the middle of the road to take pictures, but I wouldn't do that. I would take the pictures on my bike. I don't ever stop. I just, you know, I don't know. But either way, it was, I was glad I found that out before the race. So I didn't get uh, disqualified during the race for ripping my, whipping my phone out. But I think one of the, one of the really cool feel good moments, like before the race even started. So we're watching everybody to get into the water to do the swim. They have to jump off this barge and they have to head out from like a little, I don't want it's not a bay, but like a little docking area and they head out into Lake Erie. And so there's people swimming and I had brought some of my dad in a plastic baggie because this is what I do. I bring his ashes with me different places and I, I set him free. So he's still coming on adventures with me. He's still doing cool things and I feel like he would enjoy that, you know? That's so awesome. there's there's people jumping off the barge and you know starting their swim and I have this baggie of my dad and I pull it out of my my pocket in my my cycling shirt and I put a little bit of the ashes in the water so that he can go out and start the day with the swim for it with everybody. And there's a lady sitting next to me and my kids had come up and and Gab and a bunch of other people are sitting there Kate and Ben and she kind of looks at me a little goofy and I'm like, Oh, and you know, dark humor. I don't really think about it. I was like, sorry, it's just my dad. I just wanted to make sure he got the full experience today. (laughs) (laughs) And she, I almost cried because she, it was like this whole total different look change on her face. And she was like, Oh my gosh, I really, that's, that's an amazing idea. I really wish I would have thought to do that. And I sat there for a second because I was like, is she fucking with me? I'm not really sure. Yeah. She, she said that her, one of her sons had passed away last year and her other son and her husband were doing the race. And she's like, I really wish I would have thought to do that. What an amazing thing to do. I love that so much. And I, like, then I was just like, I didn't know what to say. I said, oh, well, may, maybe they'll do another one and you can, you can set them with them next time. But then I was out on the bike course and I was like, okay, dad, time to fly. So I, I pulled in some more, you know, I pulled the, the Ziploc bag and I'm biking like 16 miles an hour trying to undo the Ziploc. <laughs> I, I'm looking around because, you know, I don't want to do it while there's somebody right behind me or something. So I've got <laughs> yeah, kind of a, sure. <laughs> <laughs> there's not, there's not really like anybody around or anything. So I finally get it open. I start, you know letting some of the ashes go and some guy comes up of course from behind and I was like I'm sorry it's just my dad it's just my dad wasn't <laughs> that guy probably thought I was a psycho well I mean I probably am a psycho but <laughs> that poor guy's probably thinking like what the hell is this delirious woman doing out here <laughs> throwing dirt on the course but you know it was it was super cool it was super fun and just a great a great way to fun to throw a fun adventure into the middle of training because I think sometimes it's easy to get really wrapped up in all this training that we're doing and not that we don't have fun with it but I think we just become so like eye on the prize and we know what the ultimate goal is and it that can start to consume you a little bit I guess I would say so it was well, nice. that sort of happened to me this week like uh coach Lauren was like all right, we're going to have a call about uh, these couple races that you have. And do uh, you want to talk about it? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Like, you know, anytime I get a chance to bullshit about it, I'll do it. And she was like, so you got this uh, 
50k coming up and i'm like yeah yeah it'll be cool like i want to start around like six and i'm giving myself like six hours that was kind of like my goal i went a little over today but i'm pretty happy with how everything turned out and she was like well there'll be other people there and i'm like no you just did the 50k on your own She's like, what do you mean now? And I'm like, it's just it's just me. <laughs> like it's it's not a race. There's there's nobody else. It's just just Chris. <laughs> hashtag me. Yeah. <laughs> hashtag me. And <laughs> she was like, Oh, I thought it was a race. And I was like, No, it was like maybe I, I gave the wrong idea, but like 50Ks are always like, I don't know. It's like the perfect distance of of enough but not too much like we could probably bang out like 50 miles and then i'd be like really tired but i'd be stressed out too but like 50k it's kind of like perfect for me just to get me in the frame of mind that i need to be for uh the 40 miler that i have coming up in the middle of august i was like if i bang out like 30 miles you know mentally i'll be where i need to be and she was like, oh, okay. And I'm like, it's just what we do. <laughs> and she's like, uh, yeah, sure, sure. We're going to go with that. And she's reading a couple of books that, that I like kind of led her towards. And she's starting to understand that ultra people are pretty fucked up. <laughs> yes, it's a different brain wavelength. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, I need this stuff to just stretch it out, kind of, kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I know Shane's loving it. Shane Boyd is just, every time he gets out there in those trails, he tells me that it's just like this sense of, like, calm and peace that just comes over him. Although I think Lauren wants to choke him out because, you know, he's supposed to be running a little bit slower. She told me that I because we know, you know, I'm. I'm a little more sloth pace and that that's my that's I, I love it and I'm sticking to it. But Shane can be a little speedy. And then he goes out with my husband who's definitely not sloth pace. And today I know he ran a little bit with Bird who's definitely not sloth pace. So he's busted out these like eight and a half, nine minute miles. I said, You gotta slow down a little bit for them trails, but <laughs> But he's loving it. So like you said, it's it's definitely a different it, – it takes a different type of mentality for it. And when you come out there and you love it like that, there's nothing better. That's It's just such a cool – it's a cool thing to watch, that transition of him switching gears, going from, like, running and Ironman training into this ultra training. As, as a side person to that, I love it. I really enjoy it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I've been messaging him with like what I can, and and maybe you should try like something like this. Or here, you're gonna need some salt, and this is the salt that I use, kind of thing. I like. I feel like Yoda. Yoda. Well, yeah. Well, especially because when you are running and you're like, okay, so yesterday I ran nine miles. I was at North Park. I could have technically set up like a little quote-unquote aid station at my car which I do always have that stuff anyways but I could have set up a little you know aid station at the car where I had food drinks whatever I tend to carry water with me and I wear a running belt so I have like snacks in my running belt 
But if something were to go awry, I dropped my belt, something fell off, I dropped my water. There's plenty of places in North Park I could go and replenish. But when you are out in the trails, like, that's it. There's no replenishing. Sometimes there's no finding somebody else to ask for salt. You're, you're just living on a prayer. <laughs> well, like, sometimes, it, as uh, Lauren sent me two pages of one of the books I, I, I recommended for her, and it was it's by Corey Reese, of course. Of course. And uh, he was like, "Well, sometimes I run without water to, because I want to know what it feels like to run without water, or sometimes I I carve or calorie overload, like eat eat overload preparing for this run to see how I feel, or sometimes I underload to see how that feels." Like, you have to know, especially, like, even in, like, I, I know it can try to translate to Iron Man because it's all endurance. You have to know what it feels like during these different things, uh, during these different times, like, okay, I'm dehydrated. What does that feel like? What do I do whenever that happens? Say, say I need to fuel. What do I feel like when I'm underfueled? What do I feel like when I'm overfueled? Like all these things come into play and they all they all tie together too. And they all matter. <laughs> and yes, they all matter at the end. So like uh as as Lauren would say, like she's she's getting her eyes open to the ultra world uh through through what she's reading, uh, she's like, "Yeah, I, 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 I'd never like under fuel for a run," and I'm like, mm, "Sometimes you got to. It's kind of important because sometimes you have eight miles before you can fuel again, and you got to know if you can make it those eight miles or not." Yeah, I've done that. It's not ideal. It's not pretty. It, it's not ideal. But you got to know what it feels like whenever it's coming on, like especially mentally, physically, yeah. Like the key, if you're if you start to underhydrate, you can feel that more than under fuel or or anything else. Like if you're underhydrated, you can feel that pain coming a lot more than than anything else. At least in my experience, anyway. I, I definitely think that I would agree to an extent. And the problem with underhydrating versus underfueling is underhydrating hits you harder, but underfueling, I think, lasts longer. Once you get behind that curve with underfueling, that's pretty hard to bounce back from that, especially in a race atmosphere. Like once you've missed that clock and you're underfueling in a race, good luck. Godspeed. Yeah. Who yeah. knows what's going to happen now? There's no catching up to that. Like, Mm-mm. no, no. You're well, the shortest yeah. in the air at that point. Pretty much. <laughs> like I said, living on a prayer. <laughs> but so I, I wanted to ask some of our followers, what is something that they do when they're switching out of a race? And it's, you know, maybe their A race for the year has ended. Or some people, you know, some people do two A races. Like some people pick a spring race and a fall race. So you've got time in between. But what happens when your race is over? 
And I'm going to give you one guess what 95% of people said. Tell me. Yeah, it's literally, what, what would you do? Well, I'm not going to ask what you would do because you're a different thought process. They sign up for another race. <laughs> that That's not like, okay. <laughs> if, if we want to talk about personal experiences, like the 100 miles took two years of my life, at least two years of my life. Like one year that I thought I knew I was training and then one year when I was actually training. And like that's at least two years because, well, COVID eliminated the one year that I thought I was doing something else. But again, <laughs> I, I didn't know what I was doing. But that, that was like, call it two and a half, like two and a half years. I was training for one race, one race. And in 31 hours, that race was over. It was like, it was like Christmas morning. And now it's gone. For at least another year? (laughs) For, for, yeah, at least another year. So what happens now? Like I, 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 I did this for probably two weeks post race last year texting everybody like i didn't know what to do i didn't know what to feel i didn't know what i was supposed to be doing i didn't know what recovery was like i didn't know any of this and like i was texting everybody texting everybody i i I don't know what to do what what am i supposed to do what am i supposed to feel and the best answer that i got actually came from justine I was like, like, you're professional at this. I'm like, you go into a competition, you go out of out of your competition uh, or cycle, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what what do you do? Like, what does it mean? Like, what does it mean? Yeah, like. What what does all this mean? Like I I like just so confusing. It's like a very confusing time after a race. Like, and for anybody what? for anybody who doesn't understand, when we talk about post race blues, this isn't like a clinical thing, you know. Some psychol which I feel like maybe more sports psychologists could look it at might it, but be it's a clinical thing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, it, but it's not though. It's not like um, it's not something that you, like you would go to the doctor and the doctor would diagnose you as post race blues. But I, I guess you could say possibly like a psychiatrist or a therapist or a psychologist, anybody who works with mental health could help because there's, again, there's no clinical definition to this. It's like an achievement based letdown. So it's, I feel like there's a lot of room for probably like scientific studies and, and a lot of data that could be gathered on this, but a lot of it would be individually specific because obviously we're all very different, which is why I think, you know, the world of mental health is so, all over the place because everyone is so different with their thought processes. But the post-race blues are really just, like you said, you've, you've put this time and energy and it's all of this work into this one day or this one morning or this one evening or this one weekend, whatever it is. And now it's gone. And what do you have? Spare time. (laughs) You have, you have a life again. (laughs) 
It's like, uh, I, I thought about this today because I knew this was coming. So I had six hours to think about it because at hour five, my 16-hour earbuds decided that that was it. No. <laughs> they were like, goodbye. And I'm like, well, fuck, here's Chris with his mind again. <laughs> so we're going to think about the podcast and... Uh, I wanted to prepare what was coming, which was maybe a blessing in disguise. So it's like the best analogy that I could think of is value of kids. I have kids too. This is this was like Christmas morning. A race is like Christmas morning. All the preparation goes into place, all the miles and miles of training the hours of training and the miles of training go into this months and months and months of months. Yes. We're talking about uh, years. I I don't. Yeah. At for a hundred miles, no less than four months, like hard training. And now in an instant, you cross the line and it's gone. Well, I mean, you get your participation prize, you get your medal, your buckle, you know, at least you got that, and a banana, and a cookie sometimes. You do that, (laughs) but then, like, all right, you're you're probably going to enjoy the night, and then, like, the next day, like, I don't know, I, again, I can only speak of personal experience, but then the next day, like, you don't know what to do, because... Two days later, you'd be running again. Like that would be your training plan. Like you'd right. run, you'd run Tuesday, Wednesday, have off Friday, run Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like you've you've been doing that for like the last three months. It's a it's a hard cycle to break. Yeah, it, and then it makes questions in your mind too, like is this just a big addiction that like it's a healthier version of an addiction? Like at least we're not addicted. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> but yeah, is it a bad thing? Not really. But like, like I said, it's Christmas morning and then it's gone. So what do you do? And- I mean, me, me personally, I, I don't usually take that as an opportunity to register for more races. My husband does. He's a he's a race register uh, the day after the Pittsburgh half marathon or maybe it was the night of the Pittsburgh half marathon. I was like super in my head. But for me, it was a little bit different this year because my, all of my training and all of my my races this year come with more baggage because a big piece of my life is different from last year to this year and my dad being gone. Right. So for myself, I think I'm not even necessarily approaching it from what a quote unquote normal endurance athlete would be looking at it with. For me, I'm looking at it as this is another big life event that I can't share with my dad, which is difficult. And as much as I should have come off the Pittsburgh half marathon feeling great because I did, I did better than I wanted to. I, you know, I was, I did exactly what I was hoping to do. And I just felt kind of like, I don't want to say garbage, but I felt like garbage because should I have done more? Should I have pushed harder? Should I, be, you know, and it, it, it created a lot of doubt in my mind. So for myself, I wasn't even like, 
post-race blues, I was just like, I'm done. Like, I don't, I don't know that I want to do this anymore. I think I've had enough. I think this is insane. (laughs) I think I'm psychotic. And Shane that night was like, all right, so I registered us for the great race. We're going to do the the 5k, 10k challenge where it's back to back. We'll get on a bus as soon as we're done with the 5k and run the 10k. And I just, in my head was like, I'm done. I'm not running anymore. I quit. I don't want any more running shoes. I don't want any more running gear. I don't want to see another training peaks plan. Hasta luego. I'm gone. <laughs> um, but one person did send us a message, Kate, and I think that her approach to it, her thought process was kind of where mine has started to shift into. And she said that hers is more when she heads into off season, she likes to take that opportunity to look at areas to improve in. And that's kind of where I'm at. I feel like when a race is done, I like to look at that as, okay, now we can go back to like, you know, it's like Legos. My son, Benny loves Legos. Well, actually everybody in the house loves Legos. So there's Legos all over our house at any given time. And you know how kids are. They start building blocks, building, 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 building. Somebody comes plowing into it. They knock it over. They break it. It's, now crumbled into a million pieces on the ground, which that was my analogy. Now here I was after the race a million pieces on the ground. Well, now that's a good time to like build back. And so right after the half marathon, after I had a day or two to kind of commiserate in my feelings, I was like, all right, let's get back to the gym. Let's get lifting some weights. Let's make our legs stronger. Let's make our glutes stronger. Let's really, you know, try to focus on how we can make ourselves, meaning myself, really, you know, a better endurance athlete, whether I'm running, whether I'm biking, whatever it is I'm doing, how do I, how do I rebuild the Lego house now and make it even stronger, better? How do I reinforce the walls so that the next time somebody comes plowing through the room and busts into my Lego house, maybe it doesn't break down as much, you know, like maybe instead of the whole thing being shattered and a million pieces all over the ground, maybe only like 500 pieces are all over the ground. <laughs> so I, re- I really liked Kate's approach to it because that's kind of where my mentality is, is now, you know, if, if you always are thinking about, you know, strength training while you're, while you're training for something, but you don't have time, or if you're always thinking about meal prepping, but you don't really have as much time or trail running, but you're doing a road race. So you don't have time to be on the trail. Like go back to the basics, get back to what you fell in love with, get back to, or try something new try to add something that you didn't have time for before. And that's for me, I think is what kind of helps push the blues away that. And I always wait a week and then I make like a really fun reel with all of the videos and the pictures and some fun music. And <laughs> I to learn reels. Like, I feel like the real game is, it's just escaping me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll work on it next time you come home, but that's, I do. I, I wait like a week. I wait a week, like I have one thrown together from last weekend now, and I'll probably share it tonight, but I wait like a week till I've had time to kind of focus on my thoughts and gather my, my real feelings from it, not just the immediate, like, oh my God, this is so amazing, like gather my genuine, you know, what, what am I taking away from this? And then I can like, you know, formulate some actual sentences that make sense. And then I just watch the real like 850 times, honest to God. <laughs> Over but and over again. That uh, that kind of was Justine's answer. And, like, honestly, whenever she told me, I really fucking hated it. Like, no. really, really hated it. 
she was like, well, I'm a, I'm a competitor, so I go and go into the off season and get better now. And like I was expecting some like oh like there's a red carpet parade later like we're gonna shut down Smallman Street and like like there'll be Chris Banners to you know to Grand Street and whatever. But and it's absolutely right. It it like she's absolutely right. And the more the more I don't know older I get maybe the more wiser I get the more I see what she's talking about it's like this is our life now this is our life we train for these events we train for these events for months months at a time and then it's Christmas morning and it's gone and then what happens we train for another event that's what we do that's in our blood now and that's what we do. We just keep like I know a couple guys in the the men's group were like, "Well, oh, post race blues, uh, what do we do? What like this? This is a real thing." And the answer is uh, that day's dues were paid, like. My dues were paid. I got my buckle. Yeah. Well, t- tomorrow's dues aren't paid. Right. But I think that's the beauty of this all is that, you know, tomorrow's dues can be different than today's dues. You know, like I've got. That's okay, true. So, that's so absolutely got, true. Know, so Marine Corps Marathon, you know, my, my, I'm paying dues every day, every day, every week, every week, every month. And I'm, I'm already tired. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it's just the heat or what, but I'm already tired. So there's days when it's definitely easy to get in your own head and think like, we could just not do it today. It's really hot. It's really hot. And I don't want to run 11 miles on a treadmill because that just sounds worse than running 11 miles in like 70% humidity. So you know what? I'll just run the miles later, but it doesn't, it doesn't work like that because it's the, the plans are built the way they're built to help your body get to the starting line in the best possible shape that you can so that you're peaking, you're, you're exactly where you need to be in all of your training so that it's just all the pieces are falling into place. And again, nobody's kicking your Lego house and, you know, it's literally exploding. Let's let the pieces fall gently Let's let them settle where they where we want them to go. So as much as you can control that, which we both know, you can't control a race day. There's nothing you can control on race day except how you show up, the shape that you show up to that line in. Nothing else is controllable. But, you know, so I know I'm, I'm doing all of this. I'm doing all of this so I can run this marathon and I can hopefully start the finish or start at the start line. I can be in, you know, the best physical, you know, health shape that I can, the best mental shape that I can be that day. And we know I'm going to be a mess because it's just going to be an emotional day, but the best possible version that I can be a mess in, that's what I want that morning. And when that ends for me, spoiler alert, as much as I think next year, I'm also going to, I want to jump into this ultra lane gab and I have been talking and I I think I want to try a try next year, my own 73, which I've said that before, but um, Chattanooga looks really nice on my birthday. So that's all I'm going to say. 
But it, it, I've it, never it, run in Tennessee, so I would support this 100%. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean? So, like, I'm, I'm going to put all these dues in for this day, and when that day's done, now I'm going to be on to something new. Because, like you said, we don't know how to not switch gears and go into something new. So, Absolutely. as much as, as much as, like, I think that there's multiple right answers here because signing up for another race kind of, unfortunately, is, as much as it's not always the best answer, it kind of is because maybe it's allowing you to to train harder and again build that lego house back into something bigger something better something stronger something different something new like i've never done a triathlon before i mean i did that indoor one that i failed at miserably in what february or march but i've I've never done anything like that before i don't even swim i mean i did go to the pool today and i think i swam like 400 meters and maybe i don't know jules showed me some new strokes it was great but like this is gonna be a whole new a whole new realm for me to worry about and stress about and pay dues into. And then when that's done, there's going to be time going to be time to, Hey, let's go hike and climb up a mountain and try to run and maybe earn a belt buckle. Like it's just, it can be ever changing. And I think that as long as it's ever changing with the idea in mind of you being a better version of what you were at that race, let's show up to the next race even better. And by better, I don't necessarily even mean faster because some of these races are different. You know, if you went and you personally ran a marathon tomorrow and you put that marathon time up against, you know, your 30K or your 50K time, it's going to be different because it's different terrain. It's a different style. It's a different type of race. But it all interlocks in you working your mind, you working your body, and you just showing up every day, one foot in front of the next, better than you were yesterday. And, and like, I'd I love the Lego analogy. That is, it's perfect. It, it is so perfect. Like, everybody's yeah. getting Legos for Christmas this year. <laughs> everybody's getting Legos for Christmas. You're like, Oprah, you get some Legos. Legos for Christmas. You get some Legos and you get some Legos. <laughs> At the higher Oprah. <laughs> oh, Oprah, we'd love to have you on. We'd love to talk to you about uh, the Christmas special. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's true. Like it, it really is because Legos, when you build them, you know, they're, they're a bitch to get apart. They're, you know, and like they stack up very nicely. Yeah, somebody when, thought about this shit. Somebody yeah. thought about like how you stagger the pieces and how they interlock together. Like this is a well-woven uh, architecture of Legos. I mean, you look at some of the plans for some of these pe- these these like hundred dollar kits you can buy now it's insane but legos Legos are the beef jerky now like both (laughs) ridiculous both (laughs) ridiculous speaking of beef jerky i asked the other day if that's if that's good to use for electrolyte replacements (laughs) support it just asking for a friend there's a lot of sodium there's some protein there's some carbs i feel like you know on a run i think i'm going to start trying to introduce some beef jerky as long as i got tums with me think think beef jerky is it for me but no i i I think that you know you you build these impressive lego things and as much as they're cool and they look great and they're built well like they're still delicate just like us we're still delicate our minds our bodies it's all still very fragile and if you kick it the wrong way or if it falls the wrong way it shatters 
And you have two choices when that happens. You know, you have a bad race, you have a bad day, you have whatever. You can either throw the Legos in a box and shove them in a closet somewhere. Well, you have three options. Throw them, throw them in a box, shove them in a closet somewhere, and you don't look at them for a while. And then you miss them bad enough a year or two later, and you're like, why did I ever do that? You got to start all over. Or you throw them away completely, which some people do that. I know Shane tries to throw the Legos away when he steps on them in the morning, but as parents, <laughs> we know we know how that feels on a bare foot. Um, but yeah, you know, you could throw the Legos away completely, or you build it again. But it's never going to probably be exactly the same. But it can be better. It, it can be better. That's it. Like that. That was my whole box moment today as I, as I was trotting along like like that that's just what we do we, we make it better than it was yesterday like that that's the only play, person that I'm racing against was Chris of yesterday that's the only person you're competing against is the Val of yesterday Oh, God, and that bitch, she was a pain in the ass yesterday. Man, I'm telling you what. <laughs> Trying to pass out out on the road. <laughs> no, but it's it's so true. And it's I feel like it's very easy, again, because this, is a, this can be a very delicate mental game. Not a game, but essentially kind of similar to a game. It, it's, it messes with your head. And this can just engulf your entire being. And when you realize that maybe it's not other people that you're racing against and it's just yourself, maybe there's a little bit more peace that comes with that. Just my two cents for what it's worth, which is two cents. (laughs) I give you two cents. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I just, I feel like that's, that's the key here is that you come out of any race, you're bummed out, you're sad. And especially when, when you've got a race that you're doing with friends, you know, like you've got this race, you know, in October, Ben's doing it with you. So it's not just you going to a race where you don't know anybody and there's nobody there. Like I'll be there with you guys. Ben's going to be there. Your family's probably gonna be there. So it's a lot of buildup, but also build up with other people that you know. So it's not just about just the experience of you racing. Sometimes it's about the experience of, man, I was just with all these people I really care about. And I, I had the time of my life and I laughed and I screamed and I cried and I yelled and I was mad and I was happy. And I was every possible emotion that I could be. I was Christmas morning, everything. And then it's done. But it's not just you. It's, you know, it's literally like Christmas morning because you were with your family. So it's like you've you've started all over again from square one and, and everybody, you know, now we got to start praying for next year's Christmas. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Every Christmas. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I, I feel like that more, more and more every year. Like, okay, we got through one and now it's December 26th. And now fuck, we got to do this again next year. <laughs> Yeah, when are all the toys on clearance so we can start stashing them? And where do we keep the list of things that we already bought so we know we don't need to get them again? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now it's I, I feel like that's that's tough too, especially when I look at last weekend in Ohio. You know, it wasn't just because obviously I did a relay, but it wasn't just me and Grace and Carrie there racing, because there was also Bird and Candace and Liss. They were racing as a team. And then you had Hog who was there. You had Sniper. You had Cowboy. You had Coach Scott. Like, you have all these other people who are there 
also racing, but then they have families too. So you've just gone from like, you know, one person yourself to 25 people of a crowd that you've, you know, stayed at a house with, you've gone out to dinner with, you've made breakfast with, you've, you know, went and we did the podcast sitting on the beach last week and at, and right on Lake Erie. Like it's these people that now you are literally eat, sleep, breathing with 24 hours a day. And now you've got to say goodbye to all that. That's kind of the bummer too. You know, it's like back to regularly scheduled life. Oh yeah. And isn't life so much prettier sometimes when it's just, you know, I think that it's like being on vacation. It's everything is prettier than home when you're not home. But there's also beauty in coming home. Like I loved when I got home last week on Monday and my kids were excited to see me and I was excited to see my husband and I was so happy to sleep in my bed. I was (laughs) so pumped about that. You know, like I can open my fridge and I know exactly what's in my fridge and I know exactly where any snack I want is. And I think that there's beauty to that too. And maybe that's something that we all need to remind ourselves is that quote unquote regularly scheduled programming, going back to that, it's not bad. It's, 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 I don't want to say it's safe, but it's, it's nice to have your, your schedule back to, and again, like, like we said, now, now we're building on something different. Now we're, we can focus on something new. It's your great, it's your great reset. You, you have your great reset in your mind. Reset, refocus, like I know mine. Like I started Googling Eastern States and I started Googling like the Baker challenge. And I, no, I didn't, I didn't Google Rachel, Rachel Carson because fuck that race. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I I started like what possibly could be next? Like, like give it a week. Like, like, give it a week of, like, uh, okay, we're sore here, we're sore there, we need to, we need to just chill a little bit, maybe rub a little bit of icy hot or biofreeze on there, and, and move around a little bit, and then, like, it, like I said, it's just in your blood, what, what, what could be next? Well, yeah, but I mean, like, so how many days are we thinking? What's what's a good, that's what I'd love to know from everybody next. What's the recommended day, time period here before you start signing up for those next races? Because I feel like this is also one of those impulse things, you know, where sometimes you have retail therapy, like you're feeling really low and you buy something and it makes you feel better temporarily. Like, is that kind of, does that cure the race blues? You sign up for another race, but like maybe, you know, if you just completed like, I don't know, a 70.3. Let's not sign up for a 140.6 tomorrow. Let's wait. What's what's a recommended time period? Like, are we talking like two days? Are we talking, is a week solid a pretty good time period? What do we think? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think a week's pretty good. but hey. I feel like a week's probably a good idea, too. At least five days, maybe. Unless, unless, unless you're already going into the end of that training block knowing that that's on your on your radar next. I feel like that's a little bit different. If that's already part of your plan and you kind of have this plan men- mentally built in your brain, that's one thing. But otherwise, I feel like impulse race registration may be like a solid solid five days. <laughs> Don't jump into anything headfirst without a couple days. But, I mean, if you would, <laughs> I would 
afford it. <laughs> I would too. I would a hundred percent. But you know, probably smarter people than us would say a few days is never a bad idea. It's it's like that twenty four hour rule. If you're mad about something, you wait twenty four hours to figure out if you're actually mad about it. You know. Oh, I never heard that rule. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, it helps. Listen, th- therapy as an adult is is a beautiful thing. <laughs> We're always we're always on the path of self discovery here and and self growth, <laughs> whether that's uh, just mentally alone or in the endurance realm. <laughs> I feel what you're laying down, but uh... you're gonna stick sure. with the trails. Yeah, I get it. I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. But no, it's um, I think that it's it's definitely some food for thought for everybody. I feel like this is definitely an ongoing conversation too because it can be ever-changing and it's easier for us to say all these things right now but what about when it's dead of winter and there's no sunshine we're getting zero vitamin d well not that there's no sunshine but we're not getting as much of it because we're not outside training as much unless our name is chris and we like to run with icicles on our beard well Um, you know what i was thinking about that because boy again is is on me about this rabbit raccoon thing and like uh, Half that race is going to be ran in the dark. Like, (laughs) does anybody understand that? Like, half that race is going to be in the dark. So, you have to run at night now. Like, not that I'm opposed to night running, but I'd I'd, I'd rather run while the fiery ball death is in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) But half that race is in the dark. Like, three-quarters of that race is probably in the dark. So. So get a good headlamp. We have to train in the dark. <laughs> As the, uh, what was it? The Joker? No, it wasn't the Joker. It was that other dude. Tom Hardy's character. Oh, but we were born in the dark. Oh. You more morally came to it (laughs) it's it well you know and this is again this is why i think uh as much as endurance athletes are a different breed i i feel like ultra runners are are even more so because uh there's a lot of things i like to do and there's a lot of things i'd try to do but running in the dark is not it for me yet not not it i'm gonna put my finger on my nose and i am not it nope nope (laughs) nope daytime thank you sunshine even dusk, I'll do dusk. Although, kind of funny night nighttime story running. So, Shantae came over to my house. I don't know, a couple nights ago, and I needed to run three miles and then do some hill repeats. And I was not doing it in the middle of the day because it was like eighty-five degrees that day, super humid. And she was like, "Well, what time?" I said, "Well, come over around eight, eight fifteen. That way, at least it won't be super bright. You know, it'll start to be dusk. It should be semi decent." So. We're running. We get our three miles in. It's nice to have her running with me. And we're coming back down towards my house to do hill repeats at this little hill, right? Right around the corner from my house. And I'm seeing dry thunder, dry or dry lightning. I mean, just, you know, maybe a couple miles away. I'm like, oh, it's not, not supposed to rain tonight, is it? She said, oh, I don't think so. I said, oh, well, that's, that's some nice lightning over there. So we, you know, stretch our legs out for a second and we start our hill repeats. We sprint up the hill the first time. Okay, stride it out, jog back down. Get ready. I see more lightning and it looks a little closer. And I'm thinking to myself, we're like, is this a good this is a good excuse, right? Like this is a reason that I can tell Lauren I did not do the hill repeats. I'm I'm gonna get struck by lightning. 
And I'm like, no, fuck you, bitch. Get up. Let's go. So I'm like, okay, Shantae, let's go. Let's go. And I'm like cheering her on the hill. Now, if you've never met Shantae, Shantae played basketball, like D1 basketball in college. Um, legs probably as long as I am tall. So, you know, she takes two steps to sprint up this hill and I'm taking 15. So I'm behind her and I'm like, come on, Shantae. <laughs> Can't breathe. Let's go. Come on. You got this. <laughs> Meanwhile, she's almost at the top and I'm like halfway up the hill. But, you know, again, we stride it out. We jog back down the hill. Now the lightning looks like it's like almost right overhead of us. So I'm like, like, again, this is super fucking stupid. I'm like, okay, one more. Let's go. So we start, you know, sprint up the hill. I'm like, come on, girl, let's go. Put my head down, and I'm just trucking it up this hill. We stride it out. We jog back down. We're ready to walk. And it's dark now, so it's like pitch black. We're running by streetlights, um, but not super, super hot, thank goodness. And now the lightning is literally right over top of us, and this lady comes out from her yard, <laughs> and she goes, excuse me, guys. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And she's like, I'm so sorry to interrupt, but I know I had a couple drinks tonight, but who was cheering you guys on up that hill? And Shantae's like, oh, that that's Val. She's the, she's the motivator out here. Like, I, I'm just here because I didn't want to run, and I knew she'd make me run. And this lady starts trying to tell us about how she's just going through it, and she's having a rough time. So... My, my friend may or may not be a police officer. So she starts giving her a fucking field <laughs> sobriety test. She's like, ma'am, could you step out here onto the street? And I'm like, God damn it. Just shut up. And she <laughs> whatever it is she's trying to talk to us about, because I don't want to stand here and listen to her for one. I want to go home and get a shower for two. I'm about to get struck lightning. I'm three. I'm just done. I'm, I'm dripping in sweat. I want to get a drink. I need some dinner. I have had enough. And Chante's like, here, can you follow my finger with your eyes? I'm like, oh my God, Chante. So I'm like whacking her in the arm. I'm like, shut up. And they're like, I used to run half marathons and I got away. Do you guys run around here a lot? So I guess now I've, I've picked up a, uh, a new running buddy around the corner from my house. The drunk lady who lives right, right around the bend um, will, will now be following me on some of my runs. So, you know, yay, yay for uh, running, not when the big ball of sun is in the sky. You got a, a roadie or whatever the bands call it. Yeah. A Band-Aid. <laughs> Band-Aid. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just got myself my first Band-Aid. So that was kind of exciting, but also pretty entertaining because again this lady's just trying to talk to us she's a little drunk so you know how those conversations go to begin with Shantae's Shantae's like can you walk in a straight line I'm like (laughs) please please leave this lady alone she's drinking in her backyard in her own porch like she's not doing anything wrong she's like ma'am how many drinks would you say that you've had six (laughs) oh my god (laughs) so now that was our entertainment for the other the other evenings run and and now I've learned that uh I don't know how I feel about running around the neighborhood when it's dusk because now I'm worried, worried that the next roadie slash band-aid is going to come out and try to, <laughs> I'm going to be like Forrest Gump. I'm just going to gather all the people. They're going to start running with me down the road. We just felt like running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Would it be worse? <laughs> maybe, maybe I just need to be more obnoxious so people don't want to run with me. <laughs> I I don't know. Of uh, attempting a field sobriety test in the middle of an interview <laughs> might do hey, it I for run me. With you guys. I want to run with you guys. Okay, can you walk a straight line, please? How many drinks have you had? 
I used to go drink dollar margaritas and then take a Zumba class years ago, like, you know, when Zumba was the big thing. So, you know, I don't I don't necessarily recommend drinking a ton and being drunk while you do these physical activities. But but YOLO, as long as you got Tums, I think anything's possible. I like your style. (laughs) (laughs) Well, on that note, I want to thank everybody for joining us today, uh, talking a little bit about, you know, like I said, post-race blues, the the mental well-being behind all of this, the thought process. I'm super pumped because Lauren's, um, her her four-part series is going to be coming up soon where she's talking a lot about, you know, the mental aspect behind training. I think that's going to be a really cool additive to have for athletes and might might give us some new insight to things but again there's also people you know like like me and you out there who just throw caution to the wind at times and we just go oh right on i wanted to mention that and yeah i definitely signed up for the four-parter to see what maybe should stay in pandora's box or not (laughs) depending when it when it is safe and when it is not safe to sign up for a race, maybe that'll be covered. I hope so. <laughs> Things we can only hope to learn. I, this is a never-ending journey. It's a never-ending learning journey, not just like physically but mentally. It's it's actually pretty cool. Like I said, we have got to find some sports psychologists. That's that's next on my my no. block of, of things. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> some things maybe should be remain locked. <laughs> hey, we we can talk to them while you're running your your race, and then then you don't have to talk to them. <laughs> that's fine. Deal. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> Well, thanks for taking time out of your weekend after your long-ass 50K to talk today. I appreciate you as always, and we appreciate all our listeners. Uh, We look forward to talking to you guys next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. Right on, Batman. We'll see you later. (laughs) Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.